Hey, 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 welcome to Calvary Student Connection. This is Kaysen Kelly, and I'm here today with my dear friend, Madison Banks. Hey guys, welcome back. We hope you're doing well, and it's been a couple weeks it since has. we've recorded. It so. feels really cool and nice to be back recording. It is good to be back. I'm excited. Yes. I feel a lot of joy with this. Yeah, it's super great to be back in the studio. <laughs> Let's talk about our week. So how has your past week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, kind of uneventful, which is not bad. Mm -hmm. But we've been gearing up. I've been doing some training and stuff to start working at the rec at Tarleton. That's cool. They were finally able to hire me. Nice. And I'm very excited to get that going. You're but, officially a Tarleton employee. Yes. Yes. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Student employee. Wow. <laughs> I feel very official. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yep. <laughs> and first day is on Monday, tomorrow. Nice. When we're recording this. so That's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. How's your week been? Yeah. So my last week, the last week that I had, because I really don't remember that far back. <laughs> 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 but the last thing that I had was really great. I hadn't walked Bubba in a while just because it was so hot and like it really wouldn't cool down until the sun went down, which I don't really walk mm -hmm. by myself <laughs> at night. That's um, good. But it's been a little bit more like calmer outside. And so me and Bubba have been on more walks, which is more the time when I listen to like podcasts and stuff and like chill. So that's been nice. And then work was it was a better week. So that's good. yeah, it's been pretty good. And then I saw my family this weekend. So yeah, I bet working in HR, it's been kind of crazy right now. Oh, it has. <laughs> it's been it's been a challenge, but growing for sure. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. So the name of our episode today is "Is Your Face Glowing?" Mm -hmm. Right. So yes. that is talking about Moses, and we see in Exodus thirty four twenty nine that Moses's face shone when he came down from Mount Sinai when he was receiving the Ten Commandments and getting some instructions from God to build the tabernacle. And just reading this little passage, it kind of freaked out the Israelites. Yes. And rightfully <laughs> so. And it is important to keep in mind that they had never seen anything like a light bulb or like an LED, a neon light, mm, anything like that. That's a good point, like that. yeah. That's yeah. very true. <laughs> so they used the language that they knew to convey what Moses's face looked like. And also Moses actually wrote this account. So he is thought to be the author of Exodus. So he's recording this about himself. Mm -hmm. And he chose to use the word shown, which in their language is something like, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Quran, something, okay. something like that. Yeah. And it means literally to send out rays. So it's wow. it's speaking of a very radiant shining very and vibrant. <laughs> yes. And he had spent so much time with God the past 80 days I believe it was receiving all of these directions. Mm -hmm. And when he came down from that mountain, 
the light that was shining on him from God was radiating out and it was apparently pushing out rays. And that's a beautiful picture. That is. Just soaking up the glory of God and radiating it out. And even more so, Moses had no idea that he looked like a glow stick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It says that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And that's pretty cool because a lot of times when people are radiating that love of Christ, Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily know that. They're just doing what they know to do. Right. They don't even realize. It comes natural. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like, I remember one time, it was a freshman year of college, one of my roommates, she was really, really like seeking after the Lord and like she was really in her word and stuff. And I remember she said she was working and this guy came up to her and he was like, something about your, he's like, I can see the Lord in your eyes or something like that. It was crazy. And I was like, wow, (laughs) I want that. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good place to be. (laughs) Yeah. So I do want to get a little bit scientific here and science time. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so. Yeah. So what is light? Well, there's a lot that we don't know about light, scientifically speaking. And The things that we do know don't make a whole lot of sense. So there's a lot of mystery surrounding it, but light is thought to be the smallest quantity of energy that can be transported. And we call that little package of light a photon, okay? And photons are given off when an atom drops from a higher state of energy to a lower one. So that energy that was lost is packaged and sent away as a photon and basically like flies out of the atom. And this is kind of where it gets a little bit wild. Okay. (laughs) The speed of light is commonly referred to as C in math and physics and such, which equals 299,792,458 meters per second. Or in more common terms, that would be like 671 million miles per hour. Pretty fast. Yeah, my car doesn't go that fast. Uh, Mine doesn't either. (laughs) My little mom car. (laughs) So this this constant of C, Mm -hmm. well, I say constant because it's commonly thought of as a constant, but it is more and more being shown that the speed of light is not constant, which is an interesting tidbit that I want to throw in there. Okay. But This speed is the speed that anything travels which does not have matter. So anything non-material travels at this rate. So with that being said, the instant that you light a candle or something, the light that's given off by that candle is traveling at that speed. It doesn't have any acceleration or deceleration. It just simply is what it is, which is kind of weird to think about. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And uh, in Matthew 5.16, we see Jesus speaking, and he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Yes. So the believer's light is coming from the Father in heaven. Yeah. And it seems that we're supposed to let that light shine so that others will recognize where that light comes from. And in Proverbs 4.18, it says, But the path of the just is like the shining sun 
that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So in this proverb, the writer is setting up a contrast between dark and light. Mm -hmm. So the unbeliever is in the darkness and they don't know what stumbles them. But once we are saved and we come into that light, then we have a newness of life and we see things the way that they are. Yeah. So once you're saved, you recognize your essential need for Jesus and that your previous way of living is not going to go with the new way that you're living now. Mm -hmm. Um, once you're saved, you realize how loved you are and that you get to serve a creator. Um, and so obviously that life is going to look different. And one of my favorite places to find the contrast again would be in Colossians three, um, where it talks about putting off the old self and putting on the new self, Yes. Um, which I love Colossians for that. Cause it really does feel like an instruction guide of like how to live and like your checks, like mm -hmm. this is the old way, this is the new way. Um, and so one of the main things that we have to remember as believers is if we're wanting our light to shine and we want to show others who Christ is, through us, we have to feed ourselves with something that's going to feed the faith so we can pour out that light. Right. So when you're a believer, you kind of have like, my thought is like, you have different ways that you're nurturing your faith and the outcome when you are nurturing your faith versus when you're not nurturing your faith. So when you're not nurturing your faith, you're obviously not thriving. You're not living your best life. Yeah. <laughs> And you are faster to respond fleshly. You know, you could say different things that are not gentle or kind. Um, maybe you're not being patient. For example, like um, at work, I we had a lot of <laughs> tough times. Um, I guess it was about a month ago at this point. And we we're like trying to find a solution. And um, there was a lot of frustrations because we couldn't find the solution. And then we all were just kind of like in that frustration together, like just kind of talking about it no like light or joy or hope was coming from those conversations. And then I just kind of like thought, pondered to myself, like, why am I not being optimistic or being hopeful that there's going to be a solution to this problem? And the first thing that we should do is go to the father, like what's the solution? God's going to provide those things. And so we can share those solutions with the people around us. Maybe it's not like opening the Bible at work, but maybe you're sharing hope and you're being more optimistic about what's going to come through. And so in order to do that, you do have to feed yourself, which looks like being in the word, like diligently reading, being focused when you are reading and devoting more time to him through prayer um, and things like that so that you're feeding yourself so that whatever's pouring out of you is God. Yes. So when you're taking in those good things that are mm -hmm. profitable for you, from the word, then those things will automatically flow out of your life and you'll demonstrate those without really trying. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that sometimes when we kind of get like in a rut, we're like, okay, I know that I want the Lord. I know I want to get closer to him. I know I want to pour out his love and all those things, but like, I'm, I feel stuck. I just don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite verses that I found most recently is Matthew five, six. And it talks about, um, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied, which I think is so beautiful because it's like, if we want the Lord and we're thirsting and we're asking for him, he's so, he is so good to like answer our prayers and to satisfy us like that. He's going to do that for us, which is so good. So when you run to him, 
he wants you and he will provide for you. And that reminds me of the song Delight in You by Ali Page. I've been like listening to that on repeat. It's so good. Um, it says, your love is unchanging like a mighty river raging over me. Your heart is like a fire burning fiercely with desire for me. I delight in you and you and me. I'm in love with you and you with me. Your promise is forever. And it's such a good song, but it's so beautiful to think like when we want the Lord, like he wants us to, and he delights in us. So us spending our time with him and, and doing those things, he wants those he wants that for us. Mm -hmm. And so then naturally, as we're saying, the light will shine through us. Yeah. Yeah. I second that. That's a very good song. Um, <laughs> and we were talking before we started recording. Um, <laughs> we couldn't remember which Ali Page song I yeah. had talked about before. So if this is the same one, just know that we both like it. Yeah. And you should <laughs> really give it a listen. Yeah. <laughs> but good. I know that I had mentioned another like yeah one alley page song but i don't remember which one yeah so there's that mm -hmm. but what you said about the something about being satisfied yeah that, that when we when we ask when we're thirsty and yes hungry, he'll satisfy yeah, us. satisfies mm -hmm. us yeah that reminded me of an example that james talks about in chapter two of the book james and i want to look at starting in verse 14 it says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And this is a really interesting verse, and I had to look at it a little bit closer and get some better insight than mm -hmm. what I had personally on this. And it turns out that um, James is not in any way uh, contradicting other writers of the New Testament, like Paul, for example, in Galatians says, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So when James says that faith without works means nothing, he's actually in keeping with Paul mm -hmm. because Paul said, But faith working through love. So they're very much in harmony with each other. But I didn't see that at first. It, it took me a second. Mm -hmm. um, so Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So there are three aspects of this verse that I want to kind of touch on. And the first is what God does for us. So for us, God sent his son. His grace through our faith saves us. That's what he's done for us. Right. And in us, we are his workmanship, which in that language is poema. And it means literally like something that was made or crafted. Mm -hmm. So in us, we are his workmanship. That workmanship he has formed for a purpose. And through us, he wants to do good works. Yes. He wants us to carry out those good works, which have been foreordained for us to walk in. And so we have faith, we are saved, and then we do good works. We see that faith and works go together very closely. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the meat of a hot dog. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 
You can't really tell where one ends and the other begins. It's all kind of jumbled together. <laughs> yeah, so you, you want your life to be like the meat of a hot dog. <laughs> Good reference. <laughs> Thank you. Going back to James 2.14, if we want to get a better idea of what he is talking about, let's move down to see what kind of an example he gives. Mm -hmm. So starting in verse 15, if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, mm -hmm. what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Yeah, that reminds me of a John Corson sermon that I listened to the other day. It was he was talking about he was in Colossians three, but he was also talking about the abundance of life. And whenever you are walking in the spirit and walking by faith, you can have such an abundant faith in life, faith life here on earth. But it just shows the difference. Like if you are doing those works, you will have a more abundant faith life. Yes, I like what you said there. Um, going back to that example that James gave, if you just say to someone, hey, be clothed mm -hmm. and fed, that does no good at all. Right. And it doesn't really even indicate what's going on in your heart because you can simply say words without right. meaning. Like, yeah. hey, I hope you have a good day and you really don't care at all how their, how their day goes. Mm -hmm. But... If you actually do something about it, if you see that person in need of clothing and food mm -hmm. and you give them clothing and food, then that says a lot more about the actual state of your heart. Yes. And um, I heard Joe Foch talking on this subject and he gave the example of him loving his children. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, there's a statute in Pennsylvania where he is uh, that says that they can take away his kids if they mistreat him. So <laughs> he's not waking up every morning and nudging his wife saying, hey, go go fix the kids breakfast or they're going to take them away <laughs> because that's not needed. He says that he hadn't even read the statute because it doesn't matter. He loves his kids, so he's going to take care of them well. And that's kind of like us, like we love other people, so we naturally want to take care of them. Uh, in keeping with this reference to starvation mm -hmm. and hunger, you can know that there is a loaf of bread in the kitchen and you're dying of hunger. Mm -hmm. You're not going to say, oh, I, I believe that there's bread in the kitchen. <laughs> I know that it's there. And I know that if I eat it, I'm not going to die of starvation. Right. But that does nothing. You can believe that all you want, but you actually have to walk into the kitchen take the bread and eat it for yourself. What if your mom goes in the bread in the kitchen and eats the bread for you? <laughs> what does that do? Right. Doesn't do anything for you. Right. For your salvation, mm -hmm. but for her. So she can stuff herself full of bread all day and you're still going to die of starvation. And <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of a gruesome picture, yeah. but but it's true. Yeah. No one else has any control over your destination except you. So now that we understand that, um, what are like some ways that we can be filled with that light? Mm -hmm. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. So it's important to prioritize your time with the Lord. So 
putting that as the most important thing that you do each day will feed that and it will help you. And Mm -hmm. so that can look like so many different things. Um, That's why the faith life is so exciting because there's so many different ways that we can worship and learn about the Lord. Um, One thing that I can think of is sometimes when I'm maybe in a rut or I just want to I feel like that yearning to grow deeper. I'm like, okay, where do I start? So I think it's important to remember we have resources. We have so many different resources. You can listen to different sermons. Um, You can, you know, you open up your Bible. Maybe you get on a reading plan or something like that, or maybe just start in a book and you read it all the way through. It's important to prioritize the time that you're spending with the Lord. And maybe it also is having a more intentional prayer life. Um, worshiping, listening to worship music, um, different things like that, just spending intentional time with the Lord so you can nurture and grow that relationship with Him. Yes, and you mentioned prioritizing. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I tend to have my quiet time and study towards the beginning of the day, Mm -hmm. actually at the very beginning of my day. Mm -hmm. And that just helps me continuing throughout the day to chew on that, to ruminate on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's it's how I start the day. So the rest of the day, I can continue to look back on that study time and remember what I had read. And if I put my study time at the end of the day, personally, it's not that great for me because I don't have that with me throughout the day, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if I have it in the morning, then I can read something and then think about it all day. And then do it again the next day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, one of the things that I do typically in the morning too, um, I've been trying to wake up a little bit earlier, (laughs) (laughs) but listening to my podcast and then also like playing the the scriptures out, I can listen to them as I'm getting ready to. And that does help me to get my mind focused on the Lord to start the day. Um, because if I do just go straight into work and usually I have at least listened to like something, Mm -hmm. but if I just go straight into work, it's like, I'm not ready to start the day yet. Yeah. You feel depleted. Yeah. There's a lot that's, that's coming at me and my cup is not filled Mm -hmm. yet. (laughs) So I'm having to pour out of something that's empty and we want to make sure that we're filled with the Lord each morning. Yeah. That doesn't work well. Yeah. But if you do have that inflowing, Mm -hmm. then you can have the outflow. Yeah. And it's important not to get frustrated with yourself. If you're not perfect every single morning, we're never going to be perfect, but absolutely, it is something <laughs> that you work on and you want to be intentional with it. So if we are prioritizing it, make sure that that is on the forefront of your mind. Yeah. And if you feel that it would be good for you, try to find somebody who will keep you accountable mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. I think that's such an awesome thing. And one of my friends texted me a few days ago and asked, what was one thing you wish you knew about accountability when you came to college that you didn't know? And That's a good one. I had to take a little while to think about it. Yeah. But I texted back and said, I wish that I had known that you don't have to be perfect to start being accountable. Mm-hmm. You can find that accountability partner and not be perfect. Like that's the whole point of it. Yeah. The entire point of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't remember the reference, but Mm -hmm. iron sharpens iron. Yeah. As one man sharpens another. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have that person yet, 
um, pray about it. Ask the Lord to send that person. Um, I have an accountability partner and the conversations that we have are very vulnerable and honest. And you know, if your accountability partner is that partner that when they are speaking to you and they are trying to show you like maybe an error or something, it's out of love. And it's because they want your faith life to be strengthened. Ah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's out of love. Yeah. And not everything that happens to us is out of love. Right. But this is just extra information, kind of <laughs> unrelated. But I do my very best to always assume that anyone else is acting with their best intentions. Yeah. Even if I know that that's likely not the case. Yeah. There's a chance that they are. And I don't want to assume that they're acting out of bad intentions mm -hmm. because then that sets my mind up to think that they're like a bad person or whatever. Right. And it sets me down a bad path, mm -hmm. like in responding to them even. Right. You have that guard up and you're like, mm -hmm. I don't trust you. But maybe you haven't been given a reason not to. Yeah. Or even as simple as just responding to them a little bit snappier than you would mm -hmm. otherwise. Yeah. Like it yeah. can be a very dangerous, slippery slope there. Yeah. But even if someone doesn't have our best intentions in mind, mm -hmm. we're still called to love them. Yes. And that is the love of Christ that needs to be shining from us. Mm -hmm. In Luke six twenty seven, Jesus says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. This is the call. This mm -hmm. is what we have to be doing. And we can't do this unless the love of Christ is within us. Right. Can't give something that we don't have. And so later on in verse 32, he says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, mm -hmm. what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High." for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Mm -hmm. And that uh, verse 35, the second part of it, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. If you think back before you were saved, mm -hmm. were you unthankful of that sacrifice that he made? I know that I was. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, mm -hmm. he was kind to me. He was. And he yeah. drew me. And for that, I now am extremely thankful. Yeah. So just as he loved us while we were unthankful and evil, mm -hmm. we should love those who also do not have our best interests in mind. Right. Those who hate us, we should love them. And to do that, we have to spend time with the one who set the example. Mm -hmm. So yes. there in your quiet time, mm -hmm. with the music that you listen to, anything that's going into your mind. Yeah. Well, it's like an equation, yep. you know, yep. you plug something in and then it spits something out on the other side right. that's directly related to what went in. Mm -hmm. So it's, our minds are just like that. Whatever yeah. we feed it comes out. Yeah. And I've heard an analogy before about two wolves. Every day you feed one of the wolves mm -hmm. and it gets bigger. 
but if you starve one, it gets smaller and weaker. Mm -hmm. And every day they're fighting in your mind for who will have control. And one is good and one's evil. Right. And if you feed the good wolf, then it will grow and have more power over the evil. And the opposite is also true. Right. So you got to prioritize that good wolf. <laughs> prioritization. Yes. Yeah. So in conclusion, uh, we want you to just think about how people can tell mm -hmm. what goes into your mind. Yeah. Is it obvious that you're a Christian by the way that you treat those around you? And if not, then I would go to the Lord in that yeah. and pray about it and try to remedy that situation. Yeah. Because as a Christian who is saved by grace, your faith should be demonstrated. Yeah. Yeah.